Megan, you know what I love about our partner, The Essential Calendar? I love the product so much, of course, but I also love that it comes from a small business founded by two moms. Right, just like us. Listeners, if you're drowning in details right now, like summer camps, travel plans, end of school year mayhem, give yourself the gift of The Essential Calendar, a seasonal at-a-glance poster-sized calendar for your wall. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash the mom hour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the mom hour. Everyone and welcome to the Mom Hour, and welcome back to our special series on creating holiday memories. I'm Sarah Powers here again with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. This is so fun. Every day this has we been do very this. fun. I know. <laughs> it's like we get to talk even more than we usually do. I love it. So this is part two of a three-part series. If you didn't catch yesterday's episode, you might want to start there and then pop back over here to this one and continue on with us. Yeah. Yesterday we talked about noticing ordinary moments during the busy holiday season and how that can take some practice. And today we're moving on to appreciating those moments and really just cultivating our own sense of gratitude and appreciation during the holiday season, which, you know, we know can be very busy. It can be. And, you know, we're we're recording this before Thanksgiving. It's coming out the week before Thanksgiving. And so there's a lot right now. I'm sure you all are inundated with ideas for gratitude practice, especially those that you can do with your kids, which is wonderful and great. But I know that as a mom, I can get kind of off track myself during the holidays about appreciating almost like I can get off track appreciating the things that I am most grateful for. It's like a yeah. <laughs> like I need a <laughs> like I need a reminder or a reset. So I think this is a really important conversation and great time to have it. Yeah. And it's not just about Thanksgiving, right? Like, I mean, that is the time when we tend to put the lion's share of our attention into the idea of gratitude and appreciation and things like that. But this is really something that we can carry with us year round. Yep, year round and definitely into uh, the winter holidays. So today we have some specific tips for kind of keeping perspective and maintaining that spirit of appreciation all season long. We're going to pick right up where we left off yesterday with our conversation about noticing and then appreciating all those little things around us. But first, let's welcome back our sponsor for this series. Yes, we are welcoming back Chatbooks as our sponsor for this series. So Sarah, I've actually been thinking about some creative books I might make this year. Like, for example, I'd love to make Clara a chat book with photos of her artwork from the last couple of years, like a portfolio. I think she would love that. And I was actually thinking my sister might like one filled with um, old photos from her growing up years. Yes, I love both of those ideas. The Chatbooks app makes it really easy to create a photo book right from your phone and your phone's library. And I have done that for my own family's uh, more recent pictures, but I actually love the browser version of Chatbooks too. And for something like you're talking about, you could um, scan artwork, you could use old family photos from like an old hard drive and the end book is the same. It's just a matter of, are you doing it on your phone versus your computer? And I think like there's so many great ideas. Yeah. Like what about a book of scanned handwritten recipes from different family members? Um, The chat books look as one photo per page in this very modern minimalist style, which actually works really well when you want to see something kind of big Mm -hmm. and not have it small, you know what I mean? And scattered in. And you also don't have to overthink layout or formatting. And that's why they come together so quickly. You don't have to move photos around or decide where things go. It's like 
one photo per page. I appreciate that because I have definitely spent hours on photo books before. Oh, yeah, I have done that, too. And, you know, that can be a labor of love, too. And that's all fine. But this time of year, I appreciate how quick and how affordable chapbooks are. Their original six by six size starts at just ten dollars for a soft cover. I've mostly done those six by six. Um, I have a few of the eight by eight. And now they actually have a new ten by ten size as well. Well, we want you to all get to know chapbooks if you haven't started using it already. So start by downloading the app from the App Store or Google Play. And then you can make your first book or design your holiday cards and keep an eye out next week for some great holiday sales are kicking off. Again, download the app or find out more at chatbooks.com. Okay, so we're moving into talking about appreciation and gratitude during the holidays. So since yesterday we talked about noticing, I thought we could start by talking about what's the difference for you between noticing a moment and appreciating it? Yeah, I think the appreciating is like the next step. It takes you from the seeing, the literally just attending to what's happening in front of you to then kind of that bigger picture of recognizing and appropriately valuing what's happening in that moment. Yeah, exactly. Like I was picturing to use a photography analogy, like noticing is almost a zooming in. We talked about being really present yesterday and not Mm -hmm. judging or assessing the moment. And to me, that feels like a zooming in or a slowing down. And then appreciating almost feels like a big wide zoom out where Mm. we contextualize this moment in the grander scheme of things. And a lot of times that means realizing like how much we appreciate it or how fortunate we feel or, you know, there's a um, there's a perspective that's gained when we appreciate that is different from when we're talking about just noticing. So I like your metaphor there. It feels very apropos. Oh, Um, okay. So we also talked yesterday about kind of this idea that we have a cup that is full or not full. Yes. Um, and how we notice if our noticing cup is getting depleted. And, and what about our appreciation cup? How does it feel to you when that cup is not as full as it could be? Yeah, well, I'm sure there are moms who can relate to this, but I have a tendency to assign more importance to things that matter less um, and almost like lose the ability to prioritize or um, keep in perspective the relative significance and insignificance of things. So Mm. um, I think I think we all do this. And if you can be a more task oriented person, I think this really can ramp up during the holidays because these checklisty items can seem to loom large and take up a lot of space. And um, it really can feel like when I step back, like, whoa, this is a this is like I need a perspective reset. Um, And Mm. sometimes it takes, you know, I hate to say it, but like hearing a really sad story on the news or having something you know, scary happened to someone, you know, and then you're like, oh, wait a second. My to-do list doesn't matter at all. So yeah, that's, that's what it feels like to me when the appreciation cup is low or not being proactively maintained, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. um, it feels like a disproportionate amount of urgency and importance placed on things that really in the end don't matter that much. I can relate to that. And I think for me, the way that plays out is that little distractions, particularly human distractions um, start to bother me a lot more than they should and make me really grumpy and irritated, almost in this like panicky, anxious feeling. Um, And it'll be something like, you know, my beloved child interrupting something I'm not, that's not even important Mm -hmm. to tell me something that is important to them. And then I feel grumpy that they're like, I feel almost like I can't um, grasp onto anything. Mm -hmm. It, It starts to become like this really like just a general, generalized kind of grumpiness and anxiety. And Usually I can track that to my priorities being skewed Mm -hmm. and me not being grateful enough for the important things. And I hate that, like not being grateful enough because it just makes it sound like another thing on the to-do list. 
But really, that is kind of where it comes from. And and there's probably ways to make that sound a little less harsh on myself. But that really kind of is. It's the crux of it. Yeah, it really is. And there's a reason why this idea of a gratitude practice is so popular. It is there is science behind it. There's psychology behind it. And um, yeah, it's easy to kind of phone it in or think we don't have time for something like that. So I'd love to talk about what are some practical ways and some practical things we can do during the holidays to just keep that muscle flexing around gratitude and appreciation? Um, Well, I'll have a few. I'll go first. Um, So I think, first of all, the holidays are a great reminder. What I love about the holiday season is it's finite. So we're not saying we're going to do whatever this special thing is we're going to do. We're not doing it forever. Right. (laughs) But it's just a good reminder to do things. So like making a habit of appreciating other people out loud. Mm, you could create a resolution or a habit around texting just any random person in your life every day and telling them you're grateful for them or posting positive things about businesses you support on social media or saying nice things about people in your life to them and around and about them mm-hmm. in front of them mm-hmm. to other people. Um, there's just so many ways. And if you, you could take five minutes of your day and just flip through your phone and go, you know, who's someone I text? I haven't texted in a while. I'm going to text that person. And mm-hmm. it sounds like we've talked about this before. Sometimes it can sound like it takes the spontaneity out of it, out of it to plan for that stuff. Right. But sometimes those things otherwise won't happen. Yeah. And so you're giving yourself structure around spontaneity, which to me totally counts. Um, another thing that I try to do, and I especially think with little kids, this is, can be really, really important is to catch them being generous or thoughtful or kind or patient. Um, and point out how they're embodying the holiday spirit Mm. instead of, I think it's really easy for us as parents. And we've already touched on this to feel like, why are my kids acting so ungrateful? Why Mm -hmm. are they being ungenerous? Why aren't they embodying the holiday spirit? But we tend to notice the negative uh, more than we notice the positive. So I am always been a big fan of catching my kids um, doing the right thing Mm -hmm. and then calling it out. Um, Oh, and one more thing that I started doing related to the gratitude practice and also the fact that I had said um, in the last episode that I was taking a hiatus from dating activities, <laughs> um, just like not going to, I deleted apps and I'm not yeah. thinking about it. Like I just said to myself, I'm taking a break from thinking about the fact that I am a single person during the holidays because yep. that can be really hard. So I decided to kind of flip that script and I've been writing down one thing, sometimes more than one thing um, every day of a thing that I'm grateful for about being a single person during the holiday. So that can be a really difficult thing to do because you look around and everything is about families and couples and people doing things together with their kids. And so it's so easy to get caught up in what I don't have currently during this time of Mm -hmm. year, but there's actually some really great benefits to my current situation. Um, I get to shape exactly the kind of holiday I want Mm -hmm. with my kids. I don't have the complication of a relationship. I don't even have to worry about sharing time with another adult who like thinks Die Hard is a Christmas movie. (laughs) But listen, I love Die Hard and it does happen during Christmas. But when I say, hey, I want to watch a Christmas movie, that is not what I have in mind. Um, And that won't last forever. Like I do look forward to a time in my life where I will share a holiday with a partner. But like in the meantime, there's not there's so much to notice and appreciate, especially because I know it probably won't last forever. So there's like even more incentive for me to just like pay attention now. Yes. So yeah. I'm as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking of all the ways moms could take that same gratitude practice that you so geniusly came up with for yourself and do it with some some area of your life that feels hard. It doesn't have to be maybe it's still something you chose or something that's ultimately good, but it feels hard. So for example, 
things to be grateful for about having a brand new baby during the holidays or things to be grateful for about being far from extended family over the holidays. That's a hard one for a lot of people, but Hey, you don't have to fight about where to have Christmas morning. (laughs) Right. You know, there's like, there's kind of that whole two sides to every coin. And I love that. It's not just one conversation or one, you know, journal write about it, that you're doing it daily as a way to keep that perspective that we were talking about. It doesn't mean you want to be single at the holidays forever, but if it, if it evens out your, you know, the strain of that on your over holiday season, that's going to have a major impact on how you feel. I think that that's really genius to also apply that to stages of parenting. I think when we're in the thick of it, it can feel so much like it's going to last forever, especially if it's like the first baby or maybe the first time you've got a toddler and a baby together. And like every day seems like it's a hundred hours long. Yeah. Um, I remember going back when Jacob and Isaac were just kind of getting past that phase where they were like hard, like where it was hard to have them during the holiday because they didn't really appreciate it yet. And yet they were, they made everything from shopping to wrapping. Yes. (laughs) Like the ages one and three come to mind. I don't know. Yes. Ages one and three. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking about. Yes. Yeah. Like, and like, I remember being stressed on Christmas Eve going, what if they won't go to bed on time? And then I'm too tired to do all the stuff. Yeah. And I won't, we won't get into what all that stuff is for in case there's little ears listening, but like, what if I get too tired and I can't do it or they won't sleep? Like all these thoughts in my head. And then later I thought, gosh, that was the only holiday I ever got to have with those kids when they were one and three. Mm-hmm. Like, and it didn't during the time when it was happening, I guess it just didn't occur to me. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of felt like I would be there forever yeah. um, in that stage. So yeah, it is. It is a good practice to do. Um, and there's lots, no matter what your life looks like right now. Yeah. You can I would do that. love to hear if anybody is inspired to keep, I don't know what we call this. It's a, it's a gratitude practice around a tough, like an otherwise tough part of your life. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I really love that very much. Okay. Well, I have a couple to add. Um, and this is much more, um, like self-focused, but I think if you during the holidays as a mom can find ways to um, experience little things that you appreciate yourself. In other words, basically make your body happy, mama, including mm. like mm. cozy socks, warm tea, mm. a candle that you like the smell of. Um, those little sensory pleasures and not just having them and Instagramming about them, but actually taking the time to notice and appreciate how good it feels to have warm socks on or how much you yeah. love this music in your earbuds. Um, because what I think is that like that filling your own cup first or whatever, the the mask on the airplane, um, that enables you then to appreciate um, like whiny children and the busyness of the holiday season um, because you are not neglecting yourself. So find little things that you appreciate, only you, and make sure you're doing right. them on a regular basis. I love um, that. Another one I had wanted to bring up is, um, have you seen this float around on Instagram, Megan? There's a few different versions, but it's basically this idea that a lot of the times where we're apologizing and saying, I'm sorry, um, what we really mean is to extend thanks or appreciation to somebody for their patience or their grace. So for example, if you're late, instead of saying, I'm so sorry, I'm late, I'm such a basket case, you can say, thank you so much for your patience. I really needed that mm. extra 10 minutes today. Um, this is not a holiday thing. It's something that I've seen floating around on the internet for a couple of years now. And um, it's a great thing also to teach your kids. Um, it's not to say that apologies are never warranted. That's not what that's not what it is at all. But Um, an apology as a reflex, especially for women, I think, um, is often just the flip side of appreciating somebody for letting you be human. Um, and so if we can train our vocabulary like that, that apology reflex to say, 
thank you so much for your patience or thank you for your grace. Like I, I messed this one up and I really appreciate that you're my friend anyway, or, you know, like whatever it is. And, um, my kids have kind of latched onto this because I have a couple of kids who over apologize and I know that you have one one as well. (laughs) And now they're kind of funny. They're like, what if you punch someone in the face? You're not going to say thank you. I'm like, nope, you're (laughs) right. Thank you for having such a punchable face. (laughs) It felt really good when I punched it. (laughs) You're right. It doesn't work always, but it does catch you in moments where you are can ask yourself, am I apologizing or do I really want to appreciate something? And, right. and so that is just, I, I love that. And I've kind of tried to teach my kids that. So that's just a reframe. Um, and then my final thought about this is that any gratitude practice is good, period. And it doesn't have to look pretty. It doesn't have to come from Pinterest. It doesn't have to be the same every year. Um, I have fallen into the trap where I've wanted my kids to have some kind of November gratitude thing going on. And I get stuck in looking for the perfect thing or Mm. feeling like inadequate when I see what people on the Internet are doing. And so I'm, I'm getting better this year. I literally put a mason jar and a bunch of scraps of paper and pen on the kitchen table. And they, they're writing things they're thankful for and popping them in. And that's it. Like it took five minutes. So right. um, if you are like, if you are like me in that way, I just any gratitude practice yourself, your kids, your family, if it's one day or 30 days, if it's the whole season or just a week, like anything is don't let good. I mean, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. I love that. Um, and just to your comment about the, you know, turning, I'm sorry into thank you. Um, I do love that because it also takes the, it takes the focus off me if I'm the one apologizing and Mm -hmm. puts it onto you, the person I'm apologizing to. So for example, it doesn't particularly feel good to be apologized to when you don't think the other person did something wrong. No, it's kind of awkward. It's uncomfortable. Like if someone says they're sorry, then what do you say? Like, I forgive you. I wasn't mad to begin with. (laughs) Like there's really nothing to forgive. But if they say, I appreciate you, then it turns it into a positive. You get the warm fuzzy and it really kind of is doing the thing it should do, yeah. which is to acknowledge that um, that we're yeah that we're all humans. Yeah. I love that, and um, I think that that's something that Clara, who is my over apologizer, and then she'll apologize for apologizing. Yep. Oh yes, I got that yep. too. Even I had worse. only one, and recently my middle child, who actually never used to apologize, and in fact is quite defensive, has starting it too. Started doing it too, and they'll apologize if I'm grumpy. They'll be like, "I'm sorry, mom." I'm like, "Guys." <laughs> Don't apologize. Anyway, that's a whole episode. Um, Yeah. yeah, But all good ideas. Okay. So Sarah, you wrote an essay a couple of weeks ago for our newsletter. And we always have to laugh because sometimes the thing we think is going to get tons of response doesn't. And then sometimes the one you're like, I kind of wrote this and, you know, really fast and whatever gets tons of this one got so much response. And it was all about how um, people who love to plan get a bad rap for killing the joy of scheduling. But for Mm -hmm. you, planning ahead actually creates space for those special moments. So so like discuss. Yes, let's let's discuss briefly. Um, and thank you to everybody who replied back. And I have since put that essay up on the blog at themomhour.com. Um, so for those who do love to calendar plan, um, maybe you feel like me, which is I actually feel like I can notice and appreciate things more when I'm not overscheduled. So mm-hmm. for me, the calendar planning isn't about cramming as much into the holiday season as humanly possible. It's making sure that I don't feel that um, like that racing pulse of too much on the schedule and and not just too much on the schedule, but like, how did I get here? Like, how did this happen too much on the schedule? Um, And it just leaves more. It's like white space. It's leaving white space to appreciate the the thing that is, you know, there. It's the negative space. And to me, it takes as much calendar planning to create that negative space as it does to fill the calendar. So that was Mm -hmm. kind of what the essay 
um, was about. And I, I've done things in the past and I'm, I'd like to do this this year where I've blocked time on my calendar to appreciate someone. And the, the one that came to mind the most is um, I like to write all of our teacher holiday cards, thank you cards, um, like the day after Thanksgiving so that it's done really early in the season. And I'm, I'm not overwhelmed with other school related holiday stuff, like the holiday right. parties and all that. And we really just get gift cards and write a really nice note for teachers anyway at the holidays. And I can get that done on like November 29th or whatever it is this year. And I can have a cup of coffee and sit there with a really nice pen and nice cards and block an hour and a half to appreciate teachers. And, and then also it's done, which means later in the season, I've got time to appreciate something else or somebody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think there yeah. is a tie between um, intentional calendar planning and then this idea of appreciation. Well, and ideally those things should be and can be at least not should, but can be pleasurable things yes. to do. Um, but they are lots less pleasurable when we're squeezing them in at 10 o'clock at night after we just went to three other holiday parties. And then we remember that if we don't get it done tonight, we won't have any more time. Right. Like then it's really not very yes. pleasurable. And I'm kind of pro every making everything as meaningful and pleasurable as possible during the holiday including the things we do for other people and especially the things we do for other people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love that because it, it, it puts, it just gives you the time and space around it. I know we're not talking specifically about gift giving today, more appreciating, but I think you could carry the same sentiment into the way you plan your purchasing and your shopping. Mm -hmm. Um, I know for me, it doesn't feel good to be running around a mall with no idea what I want. It feels kind of yucky to spend that money. Yep. Um, whereas if it's on the calendar and you're able to think about that person and spend 20 minutes just wandering around the internet or like, you know, just journaling, even it's a way gift giving is a way of appreciating and creating the space on the calendar for that, I think is a much more, like you said, it's a pleasurable, fulfilling experience instead of the opposite. And you know, this year Thanksgiving comes really late. Uh, I know that I have in the past had a really hard and fast stance about waiting until after Thanksgiving for holiday decor and music. And I know a lot of other people have that as well, but you might just find that creates too short of a window and then you don't have enough time. Like you don't have enough time for appreciating. So I'm fine if you don't want to, you know, break out the Bing Crosby until after Thanksgiving, but maybe there are other things you can start doing now along those lines. Like you don't have to, just because in the past you've done it that way, you can shake that up this year to give, to give yourself more space. Um, for the different appreciating activities. I totally agree. And I'm actually like a weird, a weird middle of the road in that I don't mind when it's out in the world. I actually appreciate it when I was, uh, I mentioned yesterday going to the Apple store at the mall in early November and all it's full Christmas at the mall. Um, And I can appreciate that and then bring it into my own home after Thanksgiving. Right. So I can be in a little both camps. Well, we are going to wrap up here for today. And thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks again to our sponsor, Chatbooks. If you don't already have the Chatbooks app on your phone, download it right now and then get to know it a little bit. Maybe make your first photo book or play around with their holiday card designs and then watch for their sales that are going to be coming up uh, soon on holiday cards and photo books. Those are kicking off early next week if you're listening to this when it drops. And if you're listening to this a little later in the season, no worries. You can still order books and use their express shipping to get delivery by Christmas all the way up until December 17th. So again, just download the Chatbooks app or find out more at chatbooks.com. And when they ask you how you heard about us when you're checking out, make sure you mention the Mom Hour. Yes, thanks to Chatbooks and thanks to everyone for listening. We'll be back here tomorrow with part three in our series and we'll talk to you then. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. 
Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.